Oh, hey. You're going to need this. Wow, I didn't think we would sell any of these tickets. I mean, who would be interested in how exosolar alien life and the mechanics of mental distance could tie in with the different cultural expressions of worship and morality, right? And why travel out here to the fringes of life to learn something that matters that could help us better navigate the human dynamics in our own lives? But nowhere's actually the fringes, right? I mean, everywhere is the center to the people that live there, right? And if we're saying God is present on Earth, doesn't God have to be present everywhere in the whole universe? Sorry, I'm getting a little bit poetic. Don't worry, I'm totally technically competent. I know how to drive this thing. Let me just, like, put it in gear. Oh, right, I forgot. There's a couple things I have to get fixed on the ship that I didn't yet. So we're only going to be able to see extraterrestrial life as it was in the year 1758. But actually, that works perfectly because we're going to be retracing the steps of Emanuel Swedenborg as he traveled in his spirit to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. I'm sorry, wait, what? You're not just talking about traveling out of body, but now we're going to other planets? Come on, I have these friends that are intelligent and practical, educated, and I invited them to watch this show, and now you're doing this? No, no, we're not actually going to other planets. We're going to talk to the spirits of people who used to live on other planets. Wait a second. You have friends like that? Yes. Why would you ever invite them to watch this show? Okay, okay. Well, if we're going to do stuff like travel spiritually, we've at least got to have some kind of mechanism we lay out for how travel like that could operate. Yes, the mechanism, the meaning, how and why all this works. I'd say that stuff is just as much a part of the trip. But it's really all the same trip we always take, to find out how everything connects together and, in the end, works for good. Hey everybody, welcome to Swedenborgian Life, where today we're talking about the spirituality of extraterrestrials. My name is Curtis Childs, and I'll be your host. This is Dr. Jonathan Rose. Thanks so much for hanging out. Hey, Curtis. As you can see, today it's a little bit irregular, and you, as you were noting, uh, it's weird. We're stretching the limits of what you could call suspension of disbelief. Even for this show, we're talking not just about spirits or aliens, but aliens as spirits. Have we finally gone too far? Mm. Well, I hear the concern, but on the other hand, the idea that there's complex life existing out there somewhere in yeah. the universe is actually getting more and more traction. That's a conversation that's being had even at the level of the scientific community. We're finding not just a few, but lots of potentially inhabitable exosolar planets. We're finding water all around the universe. And it seems like we're now willing to have at least theoretical conversations around things that we wouldn't have even given the time of day to before. Okay, so maybe the idea of alien life outside our solar system isn't too weird, but even if there is intelligent life somewhere else in the, the universe, the real issue is how did Swedenborg, who's one guy without mm. a spaceship, see this alien life in the year 1758? Mm. Well, how could that possibly come about? According to Swedenborg, it went as such. Yeah, what he talks about is that on these other planets, you would have cultures that are very different. You have people who are living there, but there's something akin to the human race. Okay. And when these people would pass away, let's say this person passes away, that person passes you away, and so on. You just make that choice? It's arbitrary, I know. <laughs> uh, then their spirits go to the spiritual world, which is a completely separate universe, but 
because of the connection with people who are still living on that planet, they feel attached and they're still spiritually near that planet. So Swedenborg, instead of trying to travel quadrillions of miles to get to that planet, physically, he can travel in the spirit, spiritually, to be with those spirits who are near this planet and find out more about it that way. Are you with us so far? So Simple, the, right? The, the, the spiritual journey is more plausible to make because even though there is distance, the nature of spiritual travel makes it so that it's just about changes of state. Mm. So how that works is, for example, you and I are sitting here physically. We have to be. We've got to do the rest of this show. But let's say, and so since we're having a pretty good rapport here, we're getting along, we're yeah, thinking yeah. about the same things, our spirits would be close to each uh -huh. other. But let's say, as is often the case, you say something insensitive that starts to get me <laughs> upset. Riled up, yeah, yeah. that's then, right. And, and I say something back that's like really witty and clever that for some reason you take offense at. And that We start to get mad, our spirits would actually drift apart. Yeah, that's right. I, 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 you know, we have that experience from time to time, don't we, where you're talking to someone and the conversation's going along great and all of a sudden somebody says something that's kind of a deal breaker and you, whoa, you, you feel yourself kind of pulling back or shutting down or something. and That's right, and don't we sometimes say, well, what planet are you from? And isn't that uh, yeah, saying, what's, right. what's in that guy's head? Yeah, that means like your thinking and your feeling is so foreign to me that I think it's gotta be from outer space or something because I can't relate to what you're saying. But let's say we, we reconcile, we get back on the same page. See, even there it's talking about us getting closer together. The spirits would be together. So Swedenborg's traveling was done by achieving a similar internal state to that of aliens. Wow. And that's as close as we're gonna get to something rational and, and logical surrounding the whole thing. So if you're willing to go with us this far, let's take a trip to the farthest reaches of the spiritual universe. So, as silly as all of this is, what is about to transpire is exactly how Swedenborg described it in his 1758 book, Other Planets. And we're gonna be traveling through the galaxy like he did, but we're not gonna be going solo. Swedenborg didn't travel without some celestial travel agents, and neither will we, or she. Ah, there they are. Regenerated post-physical human beings, also known as angels. Don't change spiritual states without them. It might look empty, but to navigate this terrain spiritually, it's like threading a needle. Let me check our rear camera for a second. Ah, looks like we got a couple of trailers. Those are spirits from our Earth. You really can't go anywhere without a few of those tagging along. Now, this journey originally took Swedenborg two hours, but because we got this accelerator, it's only gonna take us one hour. Just kidding, two seconds. Are you okay? This is the edge of the solar system. I'm not sure we're gonna be able to make it through all that. Wait, are there people down there? Hey, Curtis. And Curtis's friend. Hey, who are you? How do you know who we are? Perception. Just think of us like a membrane at the edge of the solar system. We cross-check things with the divine design to make sure that no one tries to go through without the right permissions. We've talked to your guides. You're fine. Enjoy your trip. Good to know the right people. Do you know those Earth spirits who have been following you? They're not in the right state. They're not listening to us. Tell them not to try to cross or it's not going to be good. Ooh, they should have listened. It's not their time yet. They'll be all right. 
Phew, we're through. You know, an interesting thing about... Thank you, Ron Predongoli. A spirit from the first planet that we're visiting. Okay, so they didn't actually talk like that. In the spiritual world, there's no language barrier, but what Swedenborg did write about them would be hard to represent in dialogue. From their manner of speaking and their unique way of perceiving things and expressing their views, I could clearly tell that they were from an extrasolar planet, since they were completely different from the spirits of our solar system. They could also tell from my speech that I was from far away. So it wasn't language, but the way they thought about things that differentiated. But the really fascinating stuff is what Swedenborg learned about their spirituality. And for that, we go back to Dr. Jonathan Rose. If you imagine yourself making contact with people from some other planet, what would you ask them? It's interesting that Swedenborg asked them a bunch of different things about their lives, but he especially inquired about their religious beliefs and practices. And as with Earth, People from any planet start out in the afterlife with the same beliefs and practices they had in this world, and only gradually does that change over time. So by learning about what these spirits were thinking, Swedenborg was also learning about religion on the planet that they came from. Here's Other Planets 130. After we had some conversation on various subjects, I asked them what god they worshipped. They said that actually they worship a particular angel an angel who looks to them like a divine person, radiant with light. This angel teaches them and helps them see how they should be living their lives. They know, they added, that God Almighty is in the sun of the angelic heaven, and that although he does not appear to them, he does appear to their angel. But he's too powerful for them to dare to worship him. So these people were good, but they believed that they needed an angel to be their intermediary. And Swedenborg learned that this angel was actually a whole community of angels assigned by the Lord to watch over these people and teach them justice and uprightness. In the afterlife, every level and community of heaven has its own shade of light that corresponds to the nature of the understanding there. So these spirits, as a result of this intermediate arrangement, live in a yellow light, Swedenborg tells us, like the light of a burning torch. And because they believed that they had to turn to an intermediary instead of directly to God, that's why they had this type of light. If they had received their light directly from God, it would have had more purity and steadiness in its brightness. But this is what these spirits were comfortable with. They didn't dare make contact with God himself. And Swedenborg saw that there was a flame in that angelic community that would send down a moderated light to the spirits who were below. Even though the light surrounding these spirits wasn't the best kind of light you can get, it was still very good. And Swedenborg adds this, as for their other qualities, they were modest, rather simple people, but their thinking was quite good. I was able to determine what their faculty of understanding was like from the light that they had, since the understanding we have depends on how receptive we are to the light that exists in the heavens. This is because the divine truth that radiates from the Lord as the sun is what gives light there and makes it possible for angels not only to see, but also to understand. And then Swedenborg was given a glimpse of what things looked like down on the planet itself. So do you feel that kind of up on the left side of the abdomen? That's actually the inflow 
from these spirits because the role that they provide for the universal human race is the same as what the spleen does for the body. So there's an interaction between them. So for more on that strange principle, see our episodes, The Shape of Heaven and How Spirits Are Connected to Your Health. We've discussed it, and since you're on an educational mission, we're going to show you our planet. Well, that's a, that's a really kind offer, but actually it can't work like that because we just came here spiritually. And so we can talk to you because you're spiritual, but the planet you want to take us to is physical. So we can't see that. There are loopholes in that system. What do you mean? For example, Swedenborg was able to communicate openly with spirits, right? Yeah. There are some people on our planet that can communicate with spirits from our planet. Through us, we can connect you to them. Amazing! So we're actually going to go visit the planet itself, but don't worry, your spacesuit should protect you just fine. You know, Swedenborg did this exact same trip, so we're going to take his field notes, aka other planets, which you can download for free on Swedenborg.com. Alright, let's see what happens. Wow, so this is what this planet looked like to them. And just as Swedenborg describes, after a little while my sight was opened so that I could look at their actual planet to some extent. I saw multiple meadows, deciduous forests, and woolly sheep. So whether or not they were sheep or goats or some other kind of fuzzy animal, the point is, they were probably cute. He also described a very interesting piece of clothing that the inhabitants had. The woman I saw wore over her chest a garment wide enough to allow her to conceal the rest of her body by inserting her arms through it and wrapping it around herself. She could then go on her way. The lower part of it could be folded up and fastened so that the garment looked like the stomachers that women on our planet wear. The same garment also served as clothing for the man, though. I saw him take it from the woman and put it on his back, loosening the lower part so that it hung down to his feet like a toga and walking around in it. Okay, yes, it does look a little spooky here. We are going to take a quick peek at the hell that Swedenborg described. Eventually, I was shown the hell for people from that planet. The people there were absolutely terrifying. I dare not describe their monstrous faces. I also saw women there who practiced malignant sorcery. They appeared in green clothing and filled me with a sudden horror. Wow, yeah, that would be scary. Luckily, I didn't see any. Ah! So it might be that dangers like that are why not just anyone is allowed to just wander anywhere in the universe. We just took a trip within a trip, and I think it's a good time to review, like, how is all this travel happening in the first place? Luckily, we provide this handy-dandy instructional video for all of our guests. Let's take a look. So you've been hearing about Emanuel Swedenborg's experiences seeing things on other planets and talking to spirits from other planets. But how does he do it? It is true that Swedenborg made one of the earliest designs for flight, but that was over two centuries before any human was launched into space. Here's what you need to understand. Mr. Swedenborg was traveling in the spirit. Let me explain. First, you must understand the nature of spiritual distance. Distances in the other life are not like distances on Earth. 
distances and the other life depend entirely on the interstates of the people in question. People who live together in a given community there and inhabit the same region are people whose states are similar. Presence there depends entirely on similarity of state, and distance is a function of dissimilarity. So the Lord led Mr. Swedenborg into a state like that of the planet's spirits and inhabitants in question. And when he was near the planet, spiritually speaking, of course, he was able to talk with them. Now you know. In the spiritual world, planets are not distant from each other in the same way they are in the material world, but only seem so because of the states of life of their inhabitants and spirits. To be clear, by states of life, I mean the state of the love and the faith contained in individuals' hearts. Take a moment to consider what this means. But I have yet to answer how Mr. Swedenborg actually saw things on the planets themselves. Let me explain. Namely, how it is that a spirit, or what is the same thing, a person functioning in the spirit, can see things on another planet. With their own vision, spiritual vision that is, spirits and angels cannot see anything whatsoever in the physical world. For them, in fact, the light of our world, the light of its sun, is like thick darkness. Likewise, you cannot see anything at all in the spiritual world with your physical vision. For you, the light of heaven is like thick darkness. Just try. It's dark, isn't it? That's right. When it pleases the Lord, though, spirits and angels can see things in the physical world through a person's eyes. However, this only happens for people who are allowed by the Lord to talk and associate with spirits and angels, which, of course, was the case for Emmanuel Swedenborg, and coincidentally is a much more common occurrence for people on other planets, that is, according to Mr. Swedenborg's own reports. So, in summary, Mr. Swedenborg had the eyes of his spirit open. He was conscious of his spirit and the spiritual world. Through changes of state, the Lord led him into states harmonious with spirits and angels from other planets. Once in contact with these spirits, he was then allowed on occasion to see through the eyes of persons on other planets, with whom the spirits from that other planet were consciously associated, and thereby could see actual sights on various other planets. Oh boy, wouldn't that be something to experience for yourself? In case you're wondering how this ship functions, it works by changing our spiritual state. And because of all the extra technology that the Swedenborg Foundation Labs put into this thing, the journey that took Swedenborg two hours is actually only going to take us two seconds. Careful, we just had a major change of state. Probably going to feel strange for just a couple seconds. And the spirits that we're going to meet here are that much different spiritually. So a different way uh, spiritually of thinking about things, a different way of loving things. And another thing about these spirits, they're up very high. Position in the spiritual world is about internal state and it affects how you communicate. But as high up as they are, they probably know a lot about us already. What's YouTube? Well, YouTube is a, a web hosting site. Why? Well, we can tell you're here because of a YouTube show and that you came very far to get here. Okay, so we don't know exactly what the conversation was here, but Swedenborg wrote that he conversed with these aliens about where they were from and told them a bit about our solar system. And there's a couple of interesting things. First, if we can just zoom in a little bit here. I saw some spirits from that planet who looked the same way they had during their lives there. Their faces are not all that different from the faces of people on our planet, except that their eyes and noses are small. 
This made their faces look distorted to me, but they explained that they consider small eyes and a small nose to be most beautiful. But again, some of the most interesting stuff has to do with their spirituality and their morality. Dr. Jonathan Rose has been researching that, so let's kick it back to him and see what he got. Hey, thanks, Curtis. I hope you're all enjoying this little tour so far. There's so much more in Swedenborg's book, Other Planets, so I urge you to check that out. Yeah, so we want to just hear a little bit about what's the spiritual dimension behind these extraterrestrials. Oh, yes. Well, Swedenborg describes that heaven is like one giant human being in terms of function and so on. And so all these different planets actually play a role in that one unified form. And these people play the role of keenness of vision, such an interesting thing, hmm. clear-sightedness. So Swedenborg saw them high up, and they were able to have a clear vision of everything below. And as a result, when Swedenborg was in conversation with them, he compared them to eagles, mm -hmm. which is understandable. They fly high, they see you know, very clearly. But the spirits were distressed and took offense. They were insulted, uh, thinking that he meant that they were predatory and uh, you know, so he had uh, sort of an, an interplanetary incident there, like <laughs> a cultural did. mishap. That's right. And he clarified, no, 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 I'm just talking about their, their eyesight, you know, such a funny not, not their eating habits. Yeah. And Swedenborg also asked them about what God they worshipped, and here's what they said. His other planets 141, they answered that they worshipped a God both visible and invisible a visible God in the human form, and an invisible God in no form at all. Mm. Both from what they said and from thought images they shared with me, I learned that their visible God was our Lord Himself, and that they too called Him the Lord. And Swedenborg told them that on our planet, especially within Christianity, we would say, we worship an invisible God, who, who people call the Father, and a visible God, that's the Lord. But he clarifies, and this is really central to his theology, that they're not two gods. They're two aspects of the one God. He did say that there was more than one kind of worship on that planet, right? That's right. He talked about these other spirits who worshipped a stone idol, and he says it was more or less human, but not pleasant to look at. From his perspective. Yeah, that's right. But these spirits defended themselves a little bit by saying, hey, that's the only way they can fix their minds on this otherwise invisible God. Yeah, and Swedenborg kind of goes back and forth saying, hey, you could just focus your mind on the invisible, or, or in the living divine human, which would do the same thing, but in the end realized that this was right for them. Yeah, and so Swedenborg wrote that this is the way it happens. When people pass from this world or any other planet, to the spiritual world. They all start out in the same religion, the same practice, the same beliefs, and that only gets upgraded and altered gradually over time. Yeah, and finally Swedenborg conversed with them a little bit about their forms of government. Mm. So he said, I asked the spirits overhead whether on their planet they lived under the dominion of rulers and monarchs. Interesting question. They replied they did not even know what that meant. <laughs> That's amazing. They live on their own, distinguished into people's extended families and individual households. Asked whether it was safe for them to live that way, they said that it was, because there was nothing one extended family had that another family envied or wanted to take away. In fact, it bothered them that I asked. Whoops, another interplanetary problem. <laughs> He's just not a good ambassador. As though I were implying they were hostile to each other or needed protection from thieves. What more did they need, they insisted, than to have food and clothing and to live quietly and contentedly on their own. And something that Swedenborg comes back to a few times in this work is that it used to be that way on our planet in early times. It's interesting, there was a recent article that came out about a transition on Earth from when people were sort of living in, in tents and family by family, and then greed drove them, the thought that greed is good, drove them to 
be in cities and wealth got concentrated. Then when you get that wealth, then you need military, you need police, you need governments, walled cities, yeah. weapons, and so on. All that seemed to develop from there. And so these extraterrestrials are living in sort of the state we used to have yes. back before that transition. The before picture. Yeah. And not only did he learn all these things about the spirits, he actually got to see a little bit of what their planet mm. was like, too. Cool. Yeah, how would you all like to see it? We're going there right now. They have some interesting customs as well. Hey, would you tell us a little bit about what your planet is like and the customs there too? Yes, we have a lot that resemble things you've seen. You would call them meadows, flower gardens, woods full of fruit trees, and lakes with fish, also birds, animals. We have something that's a lot like your camels. We don't eat the animals like you, but we do eat the fish, as well as fruit and some vegetables from limited agriculture. So what are your houses like? I mean, do you have houses? We don't construct in the sense that you do. We live in the trees, but we do augment them for shelter. Fascinating. Thanks so much. Happy to help. Okay, everyone. Now we've got one of the highlights of our tour. We've actually got tickets to see how people from this planet make clothes. It's a little interstellar arts and crafts. I saw a woman wearing a robe that had on it roses of various colors. I asked what they make their clothing from, and they replied that they take plant material and make it into threads, then place the threads together in double or triple layers and moisten them with an adhesive fluid so that they hold together. They then color the fabric with vegetable dyes. I was also shown how they make their thread. They sit half reclined in a chair and twist the thread with their toes, then pull the twisted thread toward themselves and work it with their hands. So what would an outer space tour be without a little foot weaving in there as well? <laughs> it's, it's fascinating the details that Swedenborg included around this whole thing. And there's one final point that we want to touch on before the tour ends today. This is from Secrets of Heaven. The spirits and angels from other planets are all separate from each other divided up by planet. They do not appear together in one place. The reason is that the inhabitants from one planet have an entirely different character than the inhabitants of another. That's understandable. They do not associate with each other in the heavens, except in the third and deepest one. Spirits who go there gather from every planet and unite very closely to form that heaven. Now that is cool. So you have separate planets as the world of spirits. When people move on after their education and they become angels, if they go to the lowest heaven or the middle heaven, they're still segregated by planet. But in the highest heaven, it's all intermingled together. And I think that's because that highest heaven is about love. And love understands differences better than the, the lower levels of heaven. And that's just like here. We're the more love we get in, the more we can understand people who have differing opinions than us, the more we can get along. It seems like they've really figured it out here. It's all one big, happy, intergalactic family. And so maybe by doing better at loving other people and respecting differences here, we're getting ready for that highest level ourselves. I just want to say thanks for everything you brought to this tour. This has been really fun. And actually, really fun. We're, we're just getting ready to wrap it up. Okay, that's the whole tour. I trust that it was interesting and weird, but hopefully it gave you something of real value. Some insight into our own psyche and a greater reality that might apply to everyone everywhere in the whole universe. The gift shop will be on your right as you exit.